Are you ready to go? Are you ready for the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the message this morning? You want to help the preacher preach? Amen. Praise God. We're glad to have Brother and Sister Feld with us. Amen. They're no strangers to our church. They've been here before. They've been evangelizing, but they've just gotten approval from the district board to go and start a church in South Miami. Amen. So we're thankful for that. They're excited about that. Amen. Amen. So we're thankful that he's here, highly respected by our pastor. Amen. We just want him to come and take his liberty. Amen. Let's all give the Lord some praise as Brother Feld comes to preach to us this morning. Man, praise the Lord, everyone. Certainly good to be here, First Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay. We appreciate the presence of the Lord that we feel here. We always feel it's a great church, great church, great leadership. Amen. It is so good to see uh, Bishop and Dr. Myers again. We love and appreciate them, and uh, always a joy to be around and glean from them and their lives and their experience in the kingdom of God. Give honor to them, also to uh, Pastor David Myers and Amy Myers, the children. We love and appreciate them, and uh, our prayers are with them and their travels, and, and uh, come home first place. That'd be great. Amen. Amen. Thank God for them. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. So glad to have uh, my lovely wife Tammy here today. And uh, I always love when she travels with me. Amen. Hebrews the fourth chapter. Verse number 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Can you say amen? amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth that you have imparted into our lives through your men and women who have preached and delivered your word unto us. I pray that we mix faith with it. I pray that we're forever changed more into your likeness. Touch every heart, every mind, every spirit that is in this place. Help us to bring our full attention to the word of God and the moving of your spirit. We'll forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that you so rightfully deserve. For you are high and lifted up, and your train doth fill the temple. We denounce every ungodly spirit, every hindering and distracting spirit. Our minds will be focused on you. 
Speak unto your church, Lord. What you would say unto us, we will hear, and we shall obey. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It is a wonderful thing to be invited into the presence of the Lord. He is not a king. He is the king. He is not a God. He is the God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Beside him there is no other God. Not on the right, not on the left, not in front, nor behind him. He looked every direction and said, I see no other God. We know him as Jesus. Amen. Not just the God of the Hebrews, but the God of also the spiritual seed of Abraham. For every man, woman, boy, and girl that is born again of water and of the spirit is a part of that lineage. We are of the spiritual seed of Abraham. We come into the kingdom of God. It is his kingdom. It's one kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, and there's one king, and his name is Jesus. He rules with great authority and great power. All things are subject to him. Nothing is above him. Nothing has ever had control over our God. He is a sovereign God. He rules well over his people. He does not abuse his people. He does not abandon his people. There has never been one believer in the Lord Jesus Christ that has ever been forsaken by him, left destitute by him. He is an ever-present help in the time of need. The Holy Ghost is speaking in this house. You may feel abandoned, but you have never been abandoned. You may feel alone, but you have never been alone. For heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain. And lo, I am with you even to the ends of the earth. This earth will pass away. The heavens as we know it. And it's wonderful. We've been around uh, here in Satellite Beach for a few weeks and, and uh, got to see one of those little space shuttles go off, the unmanned one, and, and uh, just a blip in the sky. And it was gone and going to go to space and do something. And all that up there in the blue yonder and the open space and and it's all there, but it's all going to pass away. It's all going to pass away. But God said, don't worry. I'll create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. The Bible also says not to worry, for it's never entered into the heart of man. I hadn't seen it, ear hadn't heard it, and nobody's imagination has even come close to the things that God has prepared for his people. To them that love him, to them that trust him. Church, we do not trust in horses. We do not trust in chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We remember it. We know where we come from. We know who our Redeemer is. We know who hath delivered us from the hand of bondage. Everybody shout hallelujah. The rest, the Sabbath of the Old Testament, all of it shadowing type and dealing with Christ. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest wherewith he would cause the weary to rest. You cease from your labor and I cease from my labor when we enter into that rest. 
Even as God rested on that seventh day, not meaning that he was tired and weary and unable to complete anything else, but in the six days it was finished and completed. Even as on Calvary's cross he cried aloud and said, It is finished. The work is done and he rested. You and I get born again of water and of the Spirit. We enter into a most magnificent rest. We enter into the body of Christ. No more searching, no more destruction, no more aggravation. No People say, well, I'm in God, but I'm struggling with things. Your flesh side struggles with things. But if you could walk in the Spirit, if you could stay in the Spirit, there's no struggle. When I'm in the Spirit, there's no worry. There's high faith that my God shall deliver. You operate in the flesh, you will bite your fingernails down to your elbows. But if you walk in the Spirit, if you stay in prayer, Bible study, under the man of God, you will not be a worry wart. You will not be somebody that is petrified with fear. But you will walk in abundance and claim victory in the Holy Ghost. We have not been saved and brought into a kingdom that is weak and impotent. We have been delivered from gross darkness. We have been brought into what kind of light? Marvelous light. Not just a marvelous light, but His marvelous light. There is nothing weak about God. There is nothing shadowy about God. There is no gray area with God. He is magnificent. He is glorious. He is all powerful. He has all might. He rules in the heavens and the earth. Amen. Well, I'm in the church, and the church seems to be losing. You're not in the church if you think that way, or you're not spiritually minded if you think that way. You, you have to think in the spirit. If you think in the flesh, you will weep and cry as they did around Calvary's cross. They wept. Our Messiah, we waited so long, and now he's gone, crucified. The disciples scattered in the Garden of Gethsemane because he allowed himself to be arrested. We know through Scripture He allowed it to happen. We know through Scripture He laid His life down. Nobody took it from Him. And three days later, He rose again. I know that people in Hollywood like to say that He fell three times carrying His cross. There's no Scripture to say that. He bore His cross. They compelled somebody to carry it. Jesus never asked for any help. We serve a mighty God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. Do not allow new age religion to break and water it down as though God has no power and his church is declining. God's church is victorious. We are not weak. We are not befuddled. We have not been bamboozled. We are not a weak-minded people. We are a glorious people. The bride of Christ. The redeemed of God. Hallelujah. We do not cling to our houses. We do not cling to our money. We do not cling to our politics. We cling to an old rugged cross. We cling to Jesus Christ. Somebody give him a thunderous praise. Hallelujah. 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 You might read, you might read a nursery bedtime story to your kids of the little choo-choo train that thought he could. 
But that ain't the church. Paul didn't say, I think I can. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. You're a different person in Christ than you were outside of Christ. Outside of Christ, we will rob each other, hate each other, and do each other wrong as we have sinful DNA and flesh has begot us. But in the Spirit, a born-again believer, we learn how to walk in the Spirit. We come in as newborn babes, but we become rooted and grounded in the truth. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know how the devil operates. We understand the works of the flesh, Galatians 5. We know how these things happen, but in the Spirit... We don't abandon Christ because some thugs came in his prayer room. Staves and knives and chains to arrest him. Even Jesus said, I taught daily and talked to people in the sheep markets and in the, in the uh, meat markets and different places in the public. Why didn't you arrest me then? You come to get me in private time of prayer. He'd been in a three-hour prayer meeting. Don't mess with somebody that has revelation that's been in a three-hour prayer meeting. Somebody shout Hallelujah. If that devil's messing with you, take him to your prayer room and pray until he can't stand it anymore. Jesus put the disciples to sleep. They couldn't pray not three hours with him, not even one hour with him. But he prayed. If you can't find anybody to pray with you, pray by yourself. Because when that devil shows up, you need to know who you are in the Holy Ghost. You cannot unsettle me. You cannot unrest me. I am resting in the revelation. And the new birth. Sabbath of the New Testament. Jesus Christ being our Sabbath is not a one day a week. It is every day of the week. Every day of the week that we enjoy being in that place of rest. If we build it and we built many things before we come into Christ or we're invited to come into the kingdom of God through the born again experience that we had been given revelation and our minds illuminated and open to the understanding of spiritual things. I couldn't find this if I wanted to. There's no man on the planet so educated that he can understand without the help of God the things of God. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures you and I have to be careful even though we're born again of waters this is why it's so important to have bishop and pastor and leadership and go to everything that the church is giving you it's the only entity on the planet that is feeding your spiritual man Walmart doesn't know how to feed the spiritual man Target doesn't know how corporate America doesn't know how Hollywood doesn't know how for sure. Nashville's music cannot educate you in spiritual things. Politics from the White House on down cannot educate you, nor has the idea nor the inclination to try and teach you spiritual things. But the church is what God put on the planet. And he said in the church that is dedicated to my name and the preaching of my gospel to men and women that have been anointed to preach the gospel unto the poor and set at liberty them that are bruised and to open the prison doors of every prisoner. But if you find yourself getting away from spiritual understanding and get to walking in the flesh, or as the Old Testament church did at one time on top of Mount Carmel, and the preacher had to separate them and tell them, you can't pray with me, you can't stand with me, just be over there and be quiet, and I'm going to deal with this myself. And he prayed fire down from heaven. You remember that showdown, over 850 False prophets of Baal were taken care of. 
And Jezebel was highly upset and put a hit out on one of God's prophets. He thought he was the only one left, but God let him know, no, you're number 7,001. I got a lot of preachers. Let me tell you, God never has a shortage of people that are going to serve him. The devil has been ripping at God's people and God's kingdom since the beginning of time. But God always has an Enoch that shall take the place of. God always has somebody that will step in and play in the gap and will deal with the situation. And so he, he told him, he says, you stand aside because they halted between two opinions. One moment they were on one foot saying the Lord is God. And the next moment they were on the other foot saying, I don't know if God is God. Maybe Baal is God. And they were all excited and ready to go another direction. And they halted between two opinions. A double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? All of his ways. If you're double-minded in spiritual things, you're going to be double-minded in every aspect of your life. But if you ever get it straightened out and get solid on the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one. The devil will hate you, but God is going to protect you and love you and care for you. And listen to me, there has never been a sheep, there has never been a saint that is in the care of God that the devil can break in and steal. I Hope for you. God said, I will plant you in the palm of my hand, and no man shall pluck you out. They will want to pluck you out, but they cannot pluck you out. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It will be created, it will fight you and hate you, but never touch you. A thousand shall fall at thy right hand, and ten thousand at thy left, but it shall not. Come nigh unto you. I wish you'd start walking like who you are. I am a protected human being. I know who my father is. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about me because I fear him. Walk in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we don't have to fear any evil. Amen. David said, I will not fear what men can do unto me or shall do unto me. You got to get like Jesus. I got to get like Jesus. Crush my flesh, break my flesh, make my flesh bleed, but I'm alive in the spirit. They thought he was dying and it was a, ter- a, a permanent death and it was over. And look at him. He, he saved others, but himself he cannot save. And they wagged their heads and they wept. And Jesus said, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. That's because they were in the flesh. In the flesh, I'm hurting. My heart is broken. I believed he was the Messiah. And he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and put us in charge and, and all that. Listen to me. That same fleshly attitude and spirit is still in the world today. You got him a dime a dozen on TV that will tell you that if you believe and pray, God's going to rob every drug dealer in your community and give all the money to church folk. That ain't in the Bible. You need to stop believing that. You need to know that the just shall live by faith. Walk by faith. God is not here to fulfill our agenda. He has a spiritual agenda. My kingdom is not of this world. If it was, then would my people fight for me? But my kingdom is of the world to come. 
can't get your wires crossed. I can't get mine crossed to where we get in, out of the spirit in the flesh. If we do, then we're worried. He's dying at Calvary's cross. It's over. It's finished. They went and were crying and in tears in their, in their milk. I don't think they were drinking beer, but in their milk or something. And they was a little upset. And where is he? Two on the road to Emmaus. Their countenance was down. They were distraught. Anybody ever been there? Anybody got that testimony? You shouted and danced all day Sunday at First Pentecostal Church. And then the devil wrecked your world, rattled your cage. And you don't know if God is still God by Monday morning. I want you to know if you never feel him, he's still God. If you never lay eyes on him, he is still God. If you lose all your money, he is still God. If they repo your car, he is still God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, listen to what I'm preaching. You say, well, if they take all my physical things, then how am I going to live? They live 40 years in a hot burning desert with the sun on their backs and the hot sand under their feet. And they never went to a pay less. And they never hit a Publix nor a Winn-Dixie nor a Super Walmart. Bible said the clothes never wore off on their back. The shoes never wore out on their feet. Angels' food did land on the ground and feed them daily. You know, a prophet one time was struggling with some things spiritually. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get up and go to yonder place. And there I want you to reside by the, by the river. For I have spoken to the ravens. And they will feed you there. We, see, we think God can create things. But then he has no power over the things he creates. He spoke to the ravens. He was the first and he's the only Dr. Doolittle. He understands. He knows how to speak to birds. And he said, not only did I speak to them, I told them what river to go to. I put in a GPS coordinate. And they will meet you there. And they will feed you there. Jesus sat on Jacob's well in John 4 and taught a Bible study to a woman as he sent his disciples away to buy meat and food and things in the next town. And when they got back, they thought Jesus was upset with them and said, well, he, he doesn't want to eat the meat we bought. Maybe somebody else fed him. Maybe we took too long. Maybe he's upset. They were all in the flesh. And the Lord said, listen, I got meat to eat that you know not of. He was on another plane. He was on a spiritual plane in speaking to this woman who had five busted marriages and he restored her life and saved her. He said, I have meat to eat. I have been sustained by the Bible study that I just taught. He's showing us you can live in a spiritual plane. That you're not tripping over yourself in fleshly matters. Give you another example. Jesus stood in shackles and chains. On his ankles and his hands. And he stood under arrest. Allowed himself to be in that position. And he stood before Pilate, Herod, Pilate, bounced him back and forth. This particular moment, he's in front of Pilate. Pilate has got all this power and authority and prestige, and he wants to show it off. And his wife says, I've had a dream, suffered many things, don't have anything to do with this man. But he didn't listen to his wife, as we don't a lot of times, and it always gets us in trouble. All the men said amen. <laughs> oh, that was a weak Amen. Your wife must not be at church with you today. <laughs> and uh, 
So he says, no, I'm going to. And so he's, he's braggadocious and he's putting it out there. And he told Jesus, he said, listen, don't you know that your life is in my hands? I can save you or kill you. I can do what I want with you. And he's going through all this stuff and really boasting and just pounding on his chest. Jesus, I mean, he cool, calm and collected. And he just looks at him and he finally speaks and he says, you have no power except I in shackles and chains give it unto you. Jesus was not speaking from a physical standpoint. He was speaking from a spiritual standpoint. You're only doing what you're doing because it's the will of my Father that somebody, somebody is going to sentence me to death. And it's going to be you. Somebody is going to nail me to an old rugged cross. It's going to be somebody. It's going to be these Romans. This is going to happen. This is, this is the only reason is because I've given you power. That's why you have power. You have to learn to tev- tell the devil that every time. Job understood this. That's why he never charged God foolishly. His, his cage was never rattled. He was never so upset that he walked away from God. Sackcloth and ashes. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, lied on by Potiphar's wife, put in prison. People that he helped in prison and interpreted their dreams forgot him and never told anybody the good he did. But listen, he woke up on one particular morning if you read your Bible and the people rushed in and said listen I remember your interpreter of dreams the king has a dream that no magician of his can interpret and we need you and the Bible said they rushed him to the bathroom they shaved him cut his hair cleaned him up and presented him before Pharaoh and Pharaoh said you can interpret my dream he said no but there's a God in heaven that can interpret your dream watch it he woke up in bad need of a shave and a haircut and get the lice out of his hair because it wasn't no prison like 21st Citizen Prison. This was sitting your own fecal matter and your urine and cockroaches everywhere. It was a prison of death and they rushed him and cleaned him and he woke up in prison and went to bed with a ring on his finger and slept in the palace. Woke up in chaos and misery and went to bed on linen sheets and said, my God is a deliverer. God can turn it around in a moment. He woke up in prison and went to bed second in command of a world superpower. You can go to bed seemingly defeated and wake up in the morning and angels have fought for you through the night and wake up with victory in your spirit. Am I preaching at a Pentecostal church? You know what I'm talking about. Heaviness in my heart, not knowing if I'm gonna make it. Clenched fist, set jaw, and angry and frustrated. But God can turn things around in a moment's time. Good morning into dancing. You're not in a religious setting today. You know know by now, I'm not an inspirational speaker. I would have been a lot more cool, calm, and collected if I was. And would have had a better vocabulary. And would have tried to wow you with some nifty little story. Probably would have untucked my shirt and sat on a stool up here. Like a pigeon or a parrot or something. And tried to just reason with you. And try to tell you, but that's not what it is. I'm not screaming and yelling either because I'm angry with you. I don't even know the majority of you. And I'm not angry at anybody. But whenever you come to a truth-preaching church and God's preaching through the vessel, he's not playing games. And he's not fighting you. He's fighting the spirits. 
that are vying for your attention, grabbing at you to pull you in a direction that you should not be going. The other day, I saw someone, I guess, got upset because people have been saying that all this lovey-dovey Christianity stuff, God will never make you do anything. He's just, you know, got your picture in the front of his wallet and hanging on a magnet on the front of his refrigerator in heaven. And uh, God just loves you and he'll never make you do anything. So this person had looked up a uh, painting or picture and depiction of Jonah who is on the shore. He's got seaweed hanging around his head. And there's a big old giant whale behind him that has just spit him up. And it said, don't tell me God won't make you do something. (laughs) Because God created the first submarine (laughs) to make this guy do something. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've been in Christianity, and when I say that I mean walking with God, because I I don't use that term loosely. And matter of fact, disciple might be a better word than Christian. Christian is, is to be a disciple of Christ. You're following him. You're learning from him. He's imparting things into your life and teaching and training us. So important uh, that, that, that we understand this. If you're doing that, then you understand that God does know how to get your attention. And he does know how to deal with you. And does know, as old timers would say, put rocks in their bed. Don't let them sleep at night. Keep them up, Lord. Whatever you got to do. God knows how to get our attention. The Bible says that God lit the bush on fire where Moses was working that day. He set the bush on fire and then he just stepped back and he said to see what Moses would do. And when he saw that Moses turned aside to see this phenomenon, a bush I've seen burn before, but I've never seen a bush engulfed in flames that is not disintegrated. Wood that crackles and pops and burns away and you got to keep putting more wood on the fire. But this bush is engulfed in flames and yet it is not consumed I have to turn aside and see this God simply did something and then see his reaction God is doing something in this house today and depending on your reaction to what he's doing will determine whether you get something or not understand that God will not force you he's not going to no you're not even in the church yet the kingdom of God he will simply do something in the house to grab your attention maybe somebody by you is feeling the Holy Ghost and you can feel some of it maybe you're looking around at smiling faces and hands thrown in the air and rejoicing people that are in and have entered into the rest of the Lord Jesus Christ and they've rested from all their turmoil And they're excited to be in the kingdom. And you see it. And it's positively affecting your life that may be, may be at this moment miserable to a point. But I tell you, it's not that God loves only us and not you. It's just that you now need to come into the kingdom that has made us so happy and so glad. We're not happy of our own accord. We have not lightened our own countenance. We have not changed our own situation. It is the hand of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God that any of us can smile after the hell and the chaos that we have been through. And it has become our testimony that our God is a faithful God. He's not a trinket. He's not a toy. You don't buy him at Toys R Us. He is almighty God. 
There is nothing he cannot do. There is no situation he cannot turn around. There is no marriage he cannot mend. There is no troubled mind he cannot fix. I got to quit. I tell him every day on situations, Lord, you can fix that. I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to fight with it. I'm not going to cuss about it. I'm not going to kick and scream and throw a temper tantrum. I know that the spiritual kingdom is greater than the physical kingdom. I got Old Testament for it. The Bible says in the Old Testament, when you go to the house of God, be swift to hear and slow to speak. He also said, remember that God dwelleth up in the heavens and you dwell on the earth. He's putting in perspective. Remember that God is bigger than everything we deal with. The Bible says that God sits on the circle of the earth. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. Everything we deal with is under the feet of God. It is the ottoman of God. It's where God rests his feet. Trying to reach to some that have put up such walls of concrete and steel and, 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 and just constant building and saying, I'm going to block out things. You're not. You're building walls to make yourself a prisoner. You have got to open yourself up and say, I have tried drugs. I have tried alcohol. I have tried promiscuous lifestyle. I have tried lying, cheating, stealing, drunkenness, hatred, grudges, you name it. I have tried everything, run the gamut. And you say, oh, you know my life. I don't know your life. I'm just speaking in general terms because that's what we do as fleshly people, as human beings. That's what we do. This is how you cope in society. This is how you try to make it in society. Doesn't mean you you alone are a bad person. Everybody else is good and had good parents and good upbringing and this and that. And you're just a miserable, horrible person. You should have never been born. That's not true. That's a lie from the devil. Some people are just better at cloaking and covering their problems. Some people can just get away with just smiling, fake that smile and say, I'm good, I'm all right. They're hard and calloused and, 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 and show it that way. Some people do. There's a lot of different ways, but all of us have the same pains. Same situations. We're all dealing with the same devils. Look at your neighbor and say, you're dealing with the same devil I'm dealing with. Don't you act like devils begat devils. Devils don't uh, uh, reproduce. They don't do that. It's the same old devils. A third of the heavenly hosts that fell from heaven. Twice dead, plucked up by the root. And it's the same devils that we've been dealing with, our forefathers, since way back when. And they defeated them in God. And we also shall defeat them in God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Musicians can come. Well, I don't know if I can make it. You can make it in Christ. I, I don't know if you got to get out of that flesh and get in that spirit. And I'm giving you the opportunity because I'm the one preaching. But I'm giving an opportunity today if we could just step into the spirit world and see that our enemy is great. But they that are for us are greater than they that be against us. The mountains are covered with fiery horses and chariots. Not that men have horses and chariots, Bishop, but God has fiery horses and fiery chariots. He said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And yet we spend a lot of time complaining. I don't, I don't think I can make it. I don't know if I can do it. I, I just, I'm not sure. Listen to me. Until Samson finally gave up the secret to his success. He gave up his spirituality, his commitment to God. 
But until that point, when he told her, well, if you bind me with fresh vines, or if you do this, or if you do that, and so he'd go to sleep in her lap, and she would do what he had said would break his strength and make him, because she says, I want to know what makes you like a regular man. Men, flee from any woman that wants to be with you for the rest of your life, but wants you to be an average person. I want to be mighty for God. She said, I, want you, I don't want you to have all that strength. I don't want you to be so fanatical about church attendance and sitting under bishop and pastor and gung-ho about all the ministries of the church. I want just be regular, just be average. She was breaking him down little by little. So she took fresh vines and she bound him and then in his sleep and then she, she cried and faked all this, you know, oh, Samson, awake for the Philistines are upon us to kill you and to kill me, you know. And he's supposed to they're role-playing is what they're doing and, and got all this craziness going on. And the Bible says, but he woke up and he shook himself. Everything that bound him came off of him. And he slew the Philistines that were there to kill him or to take him captive. But on that final time, when she had worn him down to where he did tell the truth, he said, if my head be shaven, I shall become as weak as every other man. Now, I don't believe through the reading of the scripture, I don't believe for one moment that Samson was one of these big bodybuilding guys on the front of some muscle magazine that had muscles popping out everywhere, you know, and he had on some little shorts that are ungodly and unmodest and, and uh, you know, was wearing that little t-shirt strip of material that, you know, is definitely not for that size body and walking around like this, you know. I, I don't believe that. He was just a, he was just a regular fellow like you and I. And I got scripture for it as far as it goes for men of God in general. The Bible says, what are you talking about, Elijah? What are you talking about, greatness? He was a man subject to like passions as you are. Just a man subject to the same things that you and I are subject to. But when God anoints, somebody shout hallelujah. You got to learn to tell the devil sometime, you better stop pushing on me and talking down to me and threatening me because I'm going to get in the spirit. And if I get in the spirit, I'm not the same person that I'm in. You better tell the devil that. You better let that devil know that there's a flesh side of me and there's a spiritual side of me. And you're pushing on me in the flesh. But if I get pushed enough and I step into a prayer room, I call my pastor and get good godly counsel. I go down to that altar and I get focused on the spirit. Devil, you better look out. It ain't going to be the same person that you've been messing with and frustrating. I will enter in. Somebody shout hallelujah. You get to that place where you are so in the spirit, walking, living in the spirit. You can stand with me. I must close. Please, please stand with me. I'll go all day what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. We'll be back tonight though. 6.30, right? 6.30, amen. But getting in the spirit, getting into that which God has called us unto. David was just around 14 years old. Come down with a sack of bread and cheese. Unqualified to go to battle. Kept at home by his father Jesse. But then sent by his father Jesse to take bread and cheese to his brothers who were in the battle. Philistines had pitched their tents against Israel. Israel against Philistines. And there was a big valley between them. And been going on for some time. Every day, this big old over nine foot tall Six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot. This champion of the Philistines, they called him. 
so many notches in his belt. He had other belts hanging at home with notches out. He was it. He said, send me a man who wants to separate you from the church. Don't send the church. Let me just, you and me fight one-on-one. Send me a man. Let him fight with me and I with him. And if I overcome him, you become our slaves and vice versa. They heard it. No Hebrew would step forward. No man in the church would step forward. They hid behind rocks and in tents. Bible says, here comes young David, sack of bread and cheese, gives it to his brothers about the time he's hugged them and, you know, greeted them and gave them the lunch meat and cheese. Then the Bible says, he hears it. Send me a man. Same thing. Nothing new, preaching the same old message. Send me a man. You fight with me, I'll fight with you. If I overcome you, you become our slaves. You overcome me, we become your slaves. Challenge daily. Anybody ever been in that place? Every day, every day, every day. For whatever reason, we don't fight it. We don't push back. We just, maybe he won't say nothing tomorrow. Maybe I'll get through it. Maybe if I can make it to Sunday. But the Bible says David heard it one time. Around 14 years old. No sword, no spear, no helmet, no breastplate, no feet and shin bones covered with with any protective military stuff. None of that. No bulletproof vest, no nothing. Just a shepherd boy. He heard one time what they'd heard every day. For many days. And you know what happened to him? As soon as he heard it, something stirred in him. And he said these words. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is to defy the armies of God? I will fight him now. Young men. Don't let older people tell you young people. I said older, not old, older, seasoned. Tell you, you better not fight that spirit. That spirit will get you. That spirit will, mm-mm. You either fight it and overcome it or it will rule you. As soon as he said it, his brother said, I know the naughtiness of thine heart. You come down here to see a battle. You just want to see a fight. And he turned him into the king, and you know the rest of the story. My point is, when he heard it, the spirit rose up in him. Rose up in him. That devil threatens you. And that spirit of Antichrist, and there are many Antichrist spirits, threaten you or your family. You gotta allow the Holy Ghost within you, the Spirit of God, to stir up. Just like if you cut your finger or some part of your body and all of your body is going to rush to fight off infection. Heal itself. You have to react the same way. You have to let the Spirit of God because in your, listen to me, in your flesh, Paul said the only way to be in the Spirit, you got to cast out Hagar, the bondwoman, and Ishmael, the bond child. You remember that story in the Old Testament. said, you got to cast them out. That's what Abraham did. said, you've got to go. Here's some sack lunch and here's some water. Be gone. You cannot live in this house. It re- she represented the flesh. And you got to get rid of the flesh if you're going to live in the spirit. You can't abide in the same house. You can't be saved and unsaved. You can't. Listen, you can have brackish water. 
which is salt water and fresh water, which is mixed in a pool of water in a, in a creek bed or something, there are certain fish or mammals that can dwell in brackish water, but you cannot get salt water and fresh water out of the same fountain. Cannot bless God and curse God out of the same mouth. You've got to choose this day. I love the way he said this day. Because you cannot choose this life to serve God. You have to choose this day. Don't get so big thinking, I serve God the rest of my life. No, I'll serve him today. And when I get up tomorrow and pray, I'm going to tell him again, I'm going to serve you today. I'm going to serve you today. I can't deal with the future. I don't know the future. But I know today, the devil's under my foot now. I'm in the rest of God. I'm in the kingdom of God now. Would you lift your hands in this place? In the name of the Lord Jesus. If that devil has been pressuring you, messing with your mind and your spirit, from youngest to oldest, I invite you to come down here. He's been messing with some family member and you want to stand in for them. I invite you to come down here. If you need healing in your mind, we don't talk about this a lot in church. We talk about the healing of the body. We don't talk about the healing of the mind or the healing of the spirit. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. But I got all these bad thoughts standing on the edge and thinking about quitting. Just because you're Holy Ghost filled doesn't mean you'll never have a feeling of abandoning your wife and your kids. Give it all up, move somewhere and be a hermit. No, no. Just because you got the Holy Ghost doesn't mean the devil can't talk to you or mess with you. You have to stay in the spirit to stay victorious. They that are in the flesh, Romans said, Paul wrote it to the Roman church. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. And if we're in the flesh and we're trying to please God, who is a spirit, John 4, 24, it is never going to happen. If you want to please God, you've got to get in the spirit. Get in the spirit realm. And when you get in the spirit realm, you walk different, you talk different, you act different. You will never read your Bible, pray, go to church here, and get in a Bible study group or prayer meeting and want to commit suicide. It's not going to happen. The Spirit of God doesn't lead to chaos. The Spirit of God doesn't lead to selfishness. It doesn't lead to those spirits. You will never come out of a Bible and I just want to get high and kill myself or get, get drunk. It doesn't work like that. You've gotten in the flesh and that flesh is wanting to drink. That flesh is wanting a hit on drugs. But if you stay in the Spirit, my God is all that I need to survive. He touches me. He heals me emotionally. Throw your hands up in this place. Almost the whole church is down here. And I know it's not because you're lying. Everybody's got trouble. Everybody's got problems. Why don't you lay hands on somebody next to you or grab their hand that is lifted. And we're going to hit this thing all at once for the sake of time. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You are a liar and the father of all lies. The people of God are not cursed. The people of God are not defeated. The people of God are not weak. We are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I don't want you to speak from your flesh. I want you to speak from the Spirit. Speak with authority. Satan, I rebuke you. Get out of my house. 
Get away from my kids. I have authority in the name of Jesus. young people I rebuke every addicting spirit trying to feed me narcotics trying to addict me to some alcoholic beverage I rebuke in the name of Jesus I'm going to stay in the rest I'm going to stay in the fold I'm going to stay in the spiritual kingdom with authority speak with authority you will not ruin my marriage you will not ruin my family you will not drive me out of my mind you will not control my health you will not be able to use my money to be my dictator. Strength and power in the name of Jesus. Spiritual things. 